moment that I thought you were playing that song for hey, me. Are you a doctor as well? <laughs> that one. Uh, See me behind. <laughs> <laughs> behind the camera. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's another brand new month and um, I'm excited. I've, I've been given a hint on what this month is all about. But I would like you to be the one to let our listeners in on exactly what the focus of October is for Masterclass. Last month was all about sales. It was it was really thrilling and very insightful as well. What's the focus for October? So for the month of October, we're going to be looking at the area of talent management. Talent I mean, you know management. In every institution or organization, okay. you've got people with different strengths yeah but there are some who are extremely high performers mm. and sometimes you need to know how to manage those high performers okay in order to get the best out of them wow so we're looking okay at talent management for profitability for profitability wonderful yes. definitely something you'd want to stay glued on to and uh you know i always say that masterclass is that kind of uh program that you need to jot a few things down and go back to it as well and think through as well. So if you're ready, let's get into Masterclass. Ignition continues at 2.15 p.m. Good afternoon to you, our cherished listeners. It's always indeed super exciting to come your way every Wednesday with your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. My name is Yabanafo, and I will be your host for the show today. And so is the seventh day of October in the year 2020, year of our Lord. We are indeed in the 10th month of the year. And gradually the year is coming to an end, like I always say here on the show, if there's something that you plan to do at the beginning of the year, you've not done it yet, just do it. Because time and tide indeed does wait for no man. So last week, if you, if you were with us in the last couple of weeks, about five weeks it was before this month, we'll be spending time here on the show talking about sales, how to build a winning sales organization. And Maoli Oklu was with us here on the show sharing some wonderful thoughts with us. I hope that you wrote some things down to help your organization going into Christmas, going into next year, as you prepare to build a winning sales organization. 
Now, we want to help your businesses to grow even better. And so today, we're switching into another conversation as we move into the month of October. We're going to be looking at managing talents for profitability, managing talents for profitability. And to do that, I have that conversation here with us in the studio as a friend of the show who has been here with us before sharing some thoughts with us. If you remember the conversation on COVID and how to um, cut out waste and create value, that was a gentleman here with us on the show. Today, he's back the person of Mr. Richard K. Frimpong. I'll be introducing him shortly, and then he will be sharing some thoughts with us on how to manage talents for profitability, how to manage talents for profitability. Have you always wondered, you know, in every company, in every institution, you have those people who seem to be high performers. They have special skills. They're able to pull out a lot more results, a lot more deliveries than everyone else. It doesn't mean they're the smartest, but these are super high performance. question is, how do you manage these people? When we spoke with Maoli last week, he was talking about retaining the right staff, retaining the right staff. And it's not just about money, it's not just about motivation, but it's about a combination of all of those things and how you do it right. To help us with this conversation today, I've already mentioned earlier, he's an award-winning business advisory consultant with a doctoral specialization in global business and leadership. He's also the executive director for Financial Literacy Africa, and he supervises the strategic mandate of achieving the SDG1 in eight out of every ten Africans across forty-six countries, you were telling us what SDG one is. I, I had to look it up last night, but obviously, you'll share some thoughts with us because we need to educate people to understand right. what 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 those SDGs are and how they affect us, our lives, us as individuals. So he's got fifteen years of experience. He's worked with UNIDO, with UNWTO, in the United States, in England, in a lot of places. And today, he's taking time out to share some thoughts with us. Richmond, you're welcome to the show. Thank you, Yael. I'm super excited. So, talent management. I, I, I looked it up last night and I was wondering, you know, I've heard about it in HR, I've heard about it in management, in administration, and you wonder what it is. So, I sort of stole for myself a, a bit of a, a definition from Wikipedia. Mm. And it says, talent management is an organization's commitment to recruit, hire, retain, and develop the most talented and superior employees available in the job market. So talent management is a useful term when it describes an organization's commitment to hire, manage, develop, and retain talented employees. So then I went around to find out who has said what on talent management. This time I started from Africa. Good afternoon to you, Dr. Frankie, if you're listening. Um, so I've got an African who actually said something and we'll try and tie it back to talent management. He says, if you talk to a man in a language he understands... That goes to his head. But if you talk to a man in a language that is his own language, his native language, then that goes to his heart. I'll take that again. If you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. But if you speak to a man in his own language, that goes to his heart. This was said by the first black president of South Africa, head of state of South Africa, Nelson, I hope I pronounce this right, Nelson Mandela. I'll just say Nelson Mandela. <laughs> I don't have to bite my tongue on that one. How does that connect? I was trying to find the connection between that and I have my own thoughts, but you're the expert here. So, well, is it to say that people operate best with what they know? And so you'll get the best out of them if you let them operate in that place. I mean, spot on. So, mm. his, my, my interpretation of that quote talking to a man in his own language. Mm. It's just 
in the place where the person functions best. Precisely. So your own language is where you operate with um, very least, least path resistance. So in your own language, from the point where you know. So if you want to get people to perform better, you start from the point where they appreciate what the you areas of strength. Great. So his own language probably could be interpreted to mean mm. what he understands best or what he can do best. Mm. So when you start from his strength, then you get to his heart, mm. meaning that he doesn't just work because he has to. He works because he himself or, mm. or she herself would want to. That is when a person works from his heart. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't work because of the salary or remuneration, but he works because he just wants to. Mm-hmm. And it accomplishes something that makes him feel excited. And I just thought very quickly that we should clarify that that does not in any way also mean that we shouldn't... It, okay, so how do you juxtapose that with a, with a thought process that says push people beyond their areas of comfort? Otherwise, they get lazy and they don't work. I, I'm sure you've heard that before. I, so many times. <laughs> yeah, so I just don't want times. my listeners to so confuse finding somebody's area of strength and making them enhance it to being in your comfort zone. If you can just share some... There is. So, you, you, for example, you can have a... Let me go to the field of play. Mm. You get a player who can do very well in the midfield. Mm. And maybe he's a a defensive midfielder. But then you notice that he's able to even do more attacking and not just defend. It is the coach or the trainer who is able to spot that. Because usually you may not know what you are able to do or not to do. And if you leave people and don't stretch mm-hmm. them to even maximize their abilities, they will stick in the place where there is least resistance. Mm-hmm. And so here we are saying that, yes, get people and tap them in the areas where they are able to do things best. Mm-hmm. But you don't leave them there. There are goals that must be met. Mm-hmm. There are targets that must be achieved. And so you still have to stretch the person to do something beyond the ordinary so he can still combine the best of his abilities mm-hmm. and what must be achieved for that's, the organization. That's, that's interesting. That's super interesting. Emma Bombeck, who's an American humorist and a newspaper columnist, also says this mm-hmm. about talent management. He says, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would have, I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. Interesting. When I stand before God at the end of my life, this is Emma Bombeck, I would hope that I would, have, I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say to God, I used everything you gave me. Interesting. While you react to that, give us the overview of the conversation over the next four weeks and let's go straight into today's conversation. Right, right, right. So that, that's another interesting quote and just just opposing it with Miles Moreau, mm, the late mm, Dr. Mm. Miles Moreau. He talks about dying empty. Yes. And so it's almost saying that by the time all is said and done, you shouldn't have regretted that there is one spot of effort or talent that you did not exploit. Mm-hmm. And so if you stand before God, you should be able to say that I've exhausted almost everything that I was given. And so that is why talent management is so crucial, particularly now where business dynamics and business indices have changed. I mean, the, the usual strategic papers and the usual corporate dynamics have changed entirely, pushed to the world to now innovate even more by the COVID situation. This is one of the best times any manager or any business must be taking a topic like talent management so, so serious and so important. So for us, I mean, we would be looking at talent management in its entirety and for, 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 for the course in this period, we are going to be looking at the scope of attracting. So talent management would not just look at hiring, but attracting. Mm-hmm. We'll look at onboarding. So you attract, so you position the organization in a way that gets people 
want to work with that organization. And so that is a little bit different from just going to the market to hire a person. Then you onboard. You onboard the person to appreciate what drives the organization, the purpose, the values, the, the targets, the goals, so that it syncs with the person's values as well. Mm-hmm. That onboarding exercise is important. Then from there, you look at developing. Mm-hmm. So there are times you bring people, they are all great in terms of their understanding of the work they have to do and the description of the job tags they have to take. But you still need to bring them to speed on how things are done your way or the organization's way. And that is where developing comes in. Then there is motivating. You know, um, it almost looks as if when you employ a talent, you don't, you, you are not required to motivate them because it, the salary is good enough. The remuneration is good enough to motivate. No, uh, motivating goes beyond just what hits the paycheck at the end of every mm. month. And so that is another aspect of the talent management cycle. And then ultimately, retaining the high performance. Mm-hmm. Retaining the high performance. So we are going to be going into the entire scope of one, attracting, two, onboarding, three, developing, four, motivating, and finally retaining the topmost best performance. And this is where we'll be combining this defined the definition you gave mm-hmm. together with this scope to make sure that if you are listening to us or watching us, how do you maximize the abilities of the people you are working with and how does it work, be, work best for you? So week one, we'll look at the overview like today. Mm-hmm. Then next week, we'll look at the components of talent management, the right. key ones. Then week three, we'll look at applying the right talent management strategies. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, we'll look at what I call the execution gap. Mm-hmm. And I picked that key from the book Execution. And I'll share a number of thoughts there. So how do you pick talent management and slap it on execution to make sure that the talent you call best, the talent you call key, are delivering on the reasons why they were tapped for the organization to be profitable. Right. So ultimately, that is what we are going to be doing um, right. in the four weeks. So today, we just want to concentrate on the general overview of Introducing the conversation. Right, 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 right. Take us away, Richmond. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, in this overview, I want to always want to put our conversation in context. And the context for everyone listening or watching is a context of work and the coronavirus pandemic. Now, if you are look, watching the slides, you will see that we've thrown the picture, particularly for Sub-Saharan Africa, before the COVID season and now, and how businesses are being affected directly by the pandemic and why it's imperative to consider this talent management topic even more um, expedient. So when you look at the picture on your left, you see that from Mauritania through to Chad, Niger, Mali, all down to Lesotho, South Africa, you will see that the picture is a bit greenish. Almost all the, the places across the Sahara is greenish. And there we are looking at businesses and nations doing very well above um, between 0 to 10% of country GDPs. Now, why is GDP being looked at in this context? It's being looked at in this context because the business performance is almost all the time tied in a direct relationship with the GDP of the economy in which the business is situated. So when you look at the green the green picture on the left side, you notice that before the pandemic, the economies in the continent across sub of the Sahara were doing very well in terms of GDP progress. And so businesses were doing very well. Businesses were projecting a lot of profit margins. But then with the pandemic, look at the picture on your right. And you see that all of a sudden, the progress that the whole region has made for the last 10 years in terms of business profitability, in terms of the economic might of nations, has now shrunk to negative and max zero. So you see that now the colors have turned 
from the greenish and gold to now red, almost red, orange, and then um, gold. That is to tell you that managing talent now is even going to be more important. Why? Because the profit margins that could keep talents more remunerated, among other things, have now shrunk. And businesses that could hold a certain number of talents now cannot hold the same level of talent. Why? Because talent management, business strategy and profitability go together. And so when GDP shrink, like we are seeing in the picture, then it means that businesses will now have to throw up some of their talents out because they can't find Finance it in order to still remain profitable and so afloat, stay afloat. So, based on these two pictures, we are now in the state of the picture of, of, of on the right side of your screen, and that should give you a cue that you should be maximizing your talent critically at this time. So, what is talent management? I mean, in a very um, um, quick overview, here it says in our in our slide that it is the capability and skills here of an organization or a business to attract, to develop, to retain, and to obtain the biggest performance out of the most critical and decisive um, people you employ so that whatever the option is, the bottom line will look good. So in talent management, it doesn't just begin after you have picked the person or when there is a vacancy for you to pick another person. It begins from when the company now begins to see itself as an attraction point. The company becoming a product so that it can attract the right set of people. And then from there, you look at how you can now not just attract them, but develop, retain, and get the best out of them so profitability is maintained. So after that definition, we now want to look at what talent management is and the relation between talent management and business profitability. And I begin with a quote from Lawrence Bosidi, who wrote the book Execution with a friend. And he says that I'm convinced that nothing we do is more important than hiring and developing people. He says, at the end of the day, you bet on people and not on strategies. So bottom line, like the code you gave at the, at the opening, is your business's profitability has a direct relationship with the people you are working with. Many times, businesses um, brush away this relationship. And we are in a hurry to either quantify the cost involved or we are in a hurry to say, um, let's look at the business strategy and business targets. But we forget that strategy or business targets is nothing without the people who are going to be driving it. And so we call something the execution gap. If you don't consider talent management very well and you are just focusing on business strategy, business targets, business outcomes, you'll be surprised that you can hire and you cannot achieve your targets for the business. It doesn't matter how, how hard you try to remunerate or even to excite the people you are working with. And when that happens, you will see that there is a gap between your strategy and the bottom line in terms of profitability. And that is why we call the execution gap. So there is a direct direct relationship between talent management and business profitability. So if, if you're a business and you are not um, you are not excited about your profitability, don't look anywhere beyond the talent you are working with. Don't look anywhere beyond that. It is more of the people than even the paper of strategy or the business plan. And so if you can take a second look at the hands you have on board driving your goals in order to affect your profitability, then you can tell how far you are going. I want to prove that a little bit in this overview. You look at the next slide, looking at right talent and profitability. Right talent and profitability. So here, 
we are assuming that but for nothing at all every organization has an idea as to what they want to accomplish particularly now what are your targets what are your business outcomes we did a sales um, session um, the, the month the month before this one and we're looking at how you can achieve your sales targets so every organization has what success looks like for them in terms of profitability but is it true that indeed your talent management style or your talent management strategy or your people strategy is direct in relationship with your bottom line? Is it? Look at these numbers. These numbers um, is looking at a data that assesses 500 um, Fortune Fortune companies and their CEOs. So top 500 businesses in the state who are doing well and hitting all the profit margins. And we're looking at how in the various industries of operation, how talent management or the right people has had a certain implication on their bottom line. Look at the numbers. You see that for businesses that fall in the category of professional services, um, technology, hospitality and tourism, um, retail, meaning the banks, the financial institutions, um, manufacturing, all those people, you look at their output increase, you look at their cost reduction, and you look at their profit impact. And this is in relation with the right talent. So you notice that there is output increase, cost reduction, and profit impact, and they are all linked to talent. So you notice that the greater the hands, the good set of talent you have, the greater you are able to reduce costs, one, and the greater you are able to even appreciate in value in terms of your bottom line. If you don't, the, 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 the irony is that if you don't, you will spend more on your talent. You will get very little out of the talent. And so you will increase costs. You don't reduce costs. And at the same time, you also don't achieve your profitability. But when you have the right set of talent, in any industry at all, you will see that you are maximizing your expense ticket and you are getting the best output from the talent and that shows a direct relation between that and profitability. And it's across all industries. Look at the other numbers also, the other um, infographic we share, which is also about right talent and profitability. And here, 82% of the, of the statistics that came out of the Fortune 500 executive is saying that you will notice that People who recruit high talented people are able to account for the greatest number of profitability. Unfortunately, we just found 18% of the 500 analysts who were on point recruiting the right set of people. Only 18. Then when we look at people who are, who are recruiting high and low performance at the same time, we had 14 who were doing that. Then when we look at those who could retain their high performance, only 7% out of the 100 who were able to do that. And then when we looked at people who were developing, those who were not high performance, but the transitioning. Remember the cycle we introduced. You attract, you, you develop after onboarding. And so those who are able to even develop and turn around low talent to make them the best, they were just about 3%. And then ultimately, those who are able to even now say goodbye to those who are not performing. So it's one thing to identify a non-performing talent. It's another thing to be able to manage them to one, become a high performer, or to even exit them out. Many people will look at humanitarian reasons or will look at um, not going into very difficult conversations because they are thinking about many things, particularly now that um, um, business are dying, people don't have jobs, and so how can I send this guy out? Even though his performance is not showing on the bottom line, and even though you cannot turn him around because of his attitude or whatever, and you notice that only 3% could do that. So this conversation is a difficult conversation and is a very important at this time for you, an SME or a, a high street 
um, organization to take very important look at talent management and to do that very well in addition to proving to everyone watching that it has a direct relationship with how your business do well it has a direct relationship with how you are able to reduce costs and it has a direct relationship with how well the business is able to grow then you don't have an option it is not an optional conversation it is a must do particularly now when the continent is sitting on the right side of the dynamics we gave where everybody is treating a gdp of zero and negative so if you don't do this then you are probably sacrificing the profitability of the business for the the, the customer or the staff who is not doing what he's supposed to do now when you are able to understand this then we now have to now begin going through the cycle and to go through the cycle we have a diagram on the left side of the diagram you see organizational strategy on the right side you see organizational performance and outcomes so for every business to manage talent well you must situate your talent management in these two simple contexts the organization must have a strategy and that strategy is clear to every talent that goes through the talent cycle because it doesn't matter how good your talent may be if they cannot appreciate the organizational strategy as clear as you da you do then you are going to have a problem because then you be applying the, f- the, the the talent of say a footballer to a match, a very efficient match where the footballer doesn't know the formula of the coach on the field. He doesn't know whether you are playing 4-4-2 or whatever, whatever style. <laughs> so he may be a Michaelison or a Messi. As long as he doesn't appreciate your strategy, then he will be applying himself to something negative. And when you do that, you would see that your attrition rate, your, your, your inability to even retain staff grows very much. And then you are not able to even tell who is doing well or who is not doing well. So it's important that you listen and situate this conversation of talent management in a very clear outcome in terms of organizational strategy. And that must happen. Then the next one is organizational outcomes. We know that this is where the organization wants to get to in the next two years or at the end of the year. But what is the clear expectation of that talent? And this must be visible at the point where you are attracting them. It must show in their JDs. It must show in their performance contracts very clearly. In many organizations I've worked with over the years, you notice that people sign organizational um, contract, performance contracts without really knowing what they have signed. And so they just have to sign as a matter of procedure, but they don't see what they have signed in relation to what they've got to do, Mm. how success looks like for them, and how their success reflects on the bottom line of the organization. That affects their remuneration. Mm -hmm. That linkage is not there. And so when you have identified organizational strategy and made it clear to your talent, the next thing is that make sure that the performance outcomes are as crisp and as clear to everyone from the maybe the security person who is opening the gate for the client to walk in to the chief executive everyone must get it and so everybody can tell what success looks like and they're able to translate it every day on what they do and how it affects the bottom line of the organization when you do this then talent management becomes a very simple and comfortable cycle you don't need to massage or do anything you put it in autopilot and it works the person who even comes in as an intern is onboarded into the two spheres i've shared and they are able to tell how their work affects the organization and they get excited so they are driven by the outcomes that is expected of them they see it every day they notice they are meeting it they're able to trace their outcomes to the bottom line of the organization's profitability so they get excited they may not even be remunerated but as long as they see their output affecting the organizational output then they are excited to deliver more and when you do that you situate it into the cycle we shared and i'll end it on that note by saying you are able to achieve these 
two by planning your talent management and when you are planning you look at the business strategy understanding it and measuring it so that every staff every staff and here i mean every staff not just the executives usually you see that it is only the executives who are able to tell why i was given this sales target why was i given this sales target at the end of the month why am i supposed to meet these reporting timelines as an account executive only the chief executive and is the executive committee no but the guy who is driving the salesperson to the to the other office to get a deal doesn't know that he his ability to drive that salesperson on time for him to be able to deliver his presentation actually affects the bottom line of profitability and so planning it will make everybody from the top to the down appreciate talent management and its performance on, on outcomes for the business then the next thing is you deliberately attract the business is a product that is how you see it the business is a product and you should get to a point where it becomes you become an employer of choice where many talents would just wish to work with mm. and I, I think multimedia is at that point where everybody or every journalist in his lifetime would want to be associated with that brand multimedia. in that sense you attract so you you don't struggle to get talents and convert them to become high performers. Mm. so you plan and then you position yourself to attract and then the next one is you develop here you see in the box of developing onboarding performance appraisals, learning and development pa- career pathways, and then capability frameworks. So career pathways here, expanding a little bit, you will see that the guy who will just speak today in the organization knows that I may be um, a Frontex executive, but I can see my career path from a Frontex executive probably to the executive assistant in the next five years. And that path is clear to her or him. Or him. So when he looks at that career path and he knows the qualifications that must move her from point one to point two, what they must develop, de- develop in terms of becoming better, what they must develop in terms of the outcomes they need to achieve, then they themselves do not need a boss to tell them to report early. They are driven by the career pathway to become a great talent. Why? Because he can tell that if I do A, B, C and follow this path, in five years, I want to hit here in this organization. When you do that, you get the best out of your talent. One, two, they stay to hit that target because they know that it doesn't depend on their bosses or it doesn't depend on the relationship between them and their bosses or it doesn't depend on any artificial stuff. It depends on the ability to subject themselves to the career pathway. But if that person cannot see his career pathway, especially this millennial community, Mm -hmm. if they cannot see five years from now where they can get to without interruption, which is artificial, but with effort and dedication and with the goals they have signed, oh, then you will see that everybody will be dedicated, they'll be driving their values and they'll be achieving their target because they see themselves three years, four years, five years from there and you get them to onboard and develop very well. And when you do that, you retain. Mm. You retain without even doing long service rewards, long service honors. You retain because they have a goal that wakes them up to come to work because they themselves want to, not they themselves having to. Mm. So they come because they want to. And when they get to that point, even if the immediate supervisors are not giving them a good relationship or a good attitude or a good working rapport, they still stay. So you notice that the retention levels are so high Mm -hmm. and averagely you get everybody staying for about five years. When you do that, you reduce costs, you keep their strategy memory because then people stay. When anybody leaves, Mm -hmm. well, nobody is indispensable. But when anybody leaves, there is a break and it takes time to recover. 
say like maybe a super morning show host. Mm. Um, you can always bring somebody to take over. Mm. But when there is a break, you notice that there is a lag period mm-hmm. in execution mm-hmm. and you're able to retain and do well and your bottom line doesn't get affected. It is when you do this, mm. then you accomplish the entire 360 degree talent management cycle and you notice that people now work for you not just with their heads or hands, but they work for you with their hearts because they see their vision mm. in the vision of the organization. And, and, and beautifully said by Nelson Mandela, right. you would now be speaking to them in, in their, their language, language right. not a, just the language right. they understand. Right. You couldn't have said it better. I mean, there's so many questions in my mind, but I'm sure that my listeners also have a lot of questions to ask. We want to get interactive real quick. When we open the phone lines, we'll be, we'll be um, asking you to pick up that phone, give us a call, and share your thoughts. Um, Richmond, these are very wonderful thoughts. I'm, I'm tempted to ask my question right now, but I'm sure that we will be opening the phone lines right, right, right after right. this. I'm sure they will show the last night. The masterclass is in session, and you can interact with us via Facebook at Joy Business or at Joy 99.7 FM. And if you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM. Don't forget to hashtag Masterclass. You can also send us a text on 1422 across all networks or join the WhatsApp conversation on 0244 340437. And our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention, everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. This is Masterclass here on your Superstation Joy 99.7. We're spending time here in the studio with Richmond Frimpong and sharing some very, very profound thoughts about talent management. We're interactive right now. You can pick up that phone. Give us a call on 0302216541. That's 0302216541. Or you can also send us your comment on 0551111997. That's 0551111997. We don't want you to give us a call if you're driving because we definitely want you to arrive alive. I have my first caller. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Yeah, good afternoon. How are you? I'm well, thank you, my brother. Your name, where you're calling from, sir? My name is Kofi, calling from Tema. Talk to me, Kofi. Very interesting discussion and the guy in your studio is just on point. <laughs> but I think that he has a lot of work to do. Mm. Yes. And I'm wondering why he's not consulting for many, many organizations. I'm sure he my is. Own, oh, okay. My, my own observation. You know, I used to work at a place where you are there working. Mm. There's nothing like talent management. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have these paparazzi coming around, taking over the company, mm. and they bring their friends and they call them the talents. And mm-hmm. they are paying them 20 times how much they were paying you. Mm-hmm. And when they come, and they are paying them that much, they expect you, the one that they are paying less, and they are claiming you are not working for which reason you don't have any ascension plans, you mm-hmm. are just there in your role. They expect you to perform the magic. Therefore, because they are taking a lot of money, like 20,000 Ghana city a month, 10,000 a month, mm. they are pushing the pressure on those at the periphery, whereas those at the periphery, periphery have been held like that. Mm. It happens in the media fraternity, if in multimedia, it happens mm. in schools, private schools especially, mm. you will be there. There's no way that you, the teacher, can ever become the headmaster mm. or headmistress. Always they bring somebody from outside. So I, I think that you should t- touch more on some of these things. Mm. And, 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 and as he said, I'm just so much in love with the contribution that he made this afternoon. This is right. a, a reflection of our society. Mm. And people go and bring people from India claiming that uh, we don't have the 
the, the expertise here in Ghana. I think it all boils down to talent management. Mm. There are mm. people here who can really work, but they're not given the opportunity. Yes. So you are there, you are a human being, you can be trained, they can make you go for refresher courses, but they will never do it, and they keep blaming you, and they bring their friends, cronies, people they claim their talent. And many organizations in the Ghana have collapsed. I don't want to mention names. They, they use the same tactics, the same approach, mm. and where are they today? They are nowhere to be found. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kofi. That was a passionate <laughs> reinforcement. I think I have another caller on the line. Um, let me pick that call quickly. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Okay, I think I've lost that call. If if it was you, just pick up that phone again and give us a call on 030 We've just been sharing thoughts about talent management. Um, you can also send us your comment on 055 one. Nine nine seven. That's zero five five one 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 nine nine seven. If you're driving, by all means, do pack off before you send us a text or give us a call because we want you to arrive alive. I've never listened to any presentation on talent management, which is so profound and doesn't just dwell on um, motivating people in a traditional way. So, you know, this presentation almost dwarfs or doesn't even talk about motivating people to spot our water and all of that. And and I think that Yvonne was here on the show when we are doing customer service. Right. Um, good afternoon, Yvonne, if you're listening. She made the same point that if everyone in the organization understands what we are doing, let me not even use the big word strategy, what we are doing, mm. then clearly, I got a caller, let me take that call, then we continue. Good afternoon, you're welcome to Masterclass. Your name, where you're calling good, from, sir? Good afternoon, my name is Robert, and I'm calling from a half Oh, wow, Robert, thank you for calling us. Talk to us, Robert. Yeah, um, talent management. I think this is my first time uh, following up a, a conversation around talent, talent management. Right. I think, uh, as you say, we enjoyed uh, your previous lesson on sales and all that. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Um, talent management. You see, uh, I respect the fact that uh, he pointed out we have high performance. Mm. Okay, but I believe that I, uh, I think, I believe in grooming. Okay. You understand? Mm. Picking somebody even at the uh, level zero that is doing nothing and grooming him over a period of time Mm. and then seeing him perform uh, to the top Mm. is such such a vital thing that you need to be careful Mm. uh, not to quickly replace him by Mm. uh, somebody you think he's an A-class talented person who possibly do not have his hand on it. Right, right. As it was. You understand me? Mm. Uh-huh. But that, that, that's what I think in my layman level. Right. I, 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 I want you to certify that. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. That was Robert. And I think that Richmond, this one, I'll save you the trouble. Your point is not that you favor supposedly high performers over non-high performers. Your point is that if and when you require a certain specific talent for a specific job, there's no way, Robert, that you can motivate a customer service person to do the job of a management accountant. Not at all. So there are some jobs that require... By all means, there's room and space in this conversation for grooming people. I mean, the even, cycle that is developing. Yeah, you even spoke about developing people. So yes, we will develop people. But we're talking about the complete conversation on talent management where you need certain specific talents to do specific things. So yes, it's all it's all part of it. Numbers to call again, 03 Five four one, or you can send us your comment on zero five five quadruple one nine nine seven.
um, we'll continue that conversation. I, I have a question for you also. I mean, I have a lot of questions, but I don't know whether. Right. So what do you do if you have, find yourself in an environment where you're CEO or manager, and this is the case in most companies today, there is no saturation of vision. So, like you said, it's concentrated. Understanding what you're doing in your clear career path in itself is enough motivation. It what should you do in an environment like that? If you're a business owner and you're listening to the show and you've, you've heard that vision saturation is one of those things that in itself helps to retain talent. What should you do? I think that you should get help. You should get help. But before you even get help, there is something you can do. Mm. You know, your, 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 the reason why you are doing the business is to ultimately enjoy profitability at some point. Mm-hmm. And so the critical thing you've got to do is to make the vision, the bigger picture, clear to everyone mm-hmm. in everyone's terms. It doesn't mean you have to show them the numbers and anything at all, but you have to get everybody to appreciate what is it you are doing. When they appreciate what exactly you are doing and they know what they have to do to contribute to achieve that, your work becomes easier. So you have people in the office who even become vision runners. Mm-hmm. They'll take it, run with it, and then some will become functional managers. They will just do what you tell them to do. But ultimately, break it down to everyone's level. Mm-hmm. Get help if you need help, mm-hmm. and we can help you sort it out. But let me just quickly add this. The, the situation where the vision is not clear, is it, it's not only, I don't suppose it's only caused by a lack of management or ownership not sharing the vision. I suppose it's also, should I say, assimilation of the vision when it's shared. So, so you have a lot of people in the, in, in, the, in the company who have different strengths, different understanding levels, different motivations. Mm. And so you'll share it, you'll share it, you do trainings, you do symposia, you do engagements, you do micro-engagements at mm. departmental level, at unit level, at mm. team level. Mm. It's just lost on some people. What should a CEO do? You should expect that as a CEO. Vision is not just shared once and left and you don't assume people will get it at a go. No. Mm. It's an everyday thing. It's a continuous process. An everyday thing and you must break it down like that. It's, it's shows in the eyes, it shows on the mind, it shows in the feels and mm-hmm. the things. So anytime anybody walks into the office, even the branding across the office, mm-hmm. the, the computer screens, the, the, the sharing of values, everything must be must be wired around that vision. The entire environment everything must speak must to... Everything be driven around it. The values is in, mm-hmm. in their face, the goals in their face, the mission statement is not just a long the statement. The culture is in their face. Everything in their face. So it's an everyday thing. It's a life thing. And you keep hammering and explaining all the time mm. and you just oppose it just oppose it with everyday activity for every employer so every time every morning monday morning meetings mm. you should show what this week is showing on the bottom line in mm. terms of the vision and the goals if somebody doesn't do something the right way mm. you should show why it is not right according mm. to the plan or the vision mm. it's an everyday thing don't do it once right. in a retreat and go to sleep okay i've got michael johnny from lakeside it's a simple he has made it so simple thank you richmond if we all know where we are going and the role i'm supposed to play on that journey it makes it easier for me to perform my duties as well best of all when i know i'm on the right course to also reach my destination and that is michael Jani from lakeside um you can also send your comments uh, on 055 quadruple one nine nine seven i've got another question perhaps the final question and then we'll round up because I'm, I'm running out of time so in talent management what is the focus developing the talent or developing the organization talent management focus is the organization's performance outcomes right. ultimately right. that is why we are giving the topic talent management and business profitability mm-hmm. so the business's 
performance outcome is what you manage your talent to achieve. Why do they play the, 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 the Premier League games? Mm-hmm. So that at the end of the season, one team can win a trophy and be rewarded. Mm-hmm. So the team's goal in getting the best talent, training them, coaching them, and giving them all that. It's not just to play one match, mm-hmm. but it's to ultimately go across all the seasons and play all the games and win the trophy. Win the trophy. Just remind our listeners that today's show on Masterclass is brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy, Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. So going cashless has never been this convenient and exciting. Goyle's e-payment systems is now compatible with the GH Link and the National Payment Platform. Now, you can use your GH Link card on Goyle's POS machines to purchase fuel. GH Link cards offer additional payments options for fuel purchases at Goyle stations in addition to the Go card. Every fuel purchased is recorded automatically on your monthly bank statement, helping cardholders track and manage their expenses. So go ahead and use your GH Link card to buy fuel and all lubricants from any of Goyle's over 400 stations across Ghana. Go cashless and protect yourself and stick to all the COVID-19 protocols in these times. Goyle, they say good energy, Goyle, yeah, Richmond, in 30 seconds, what are, what's our take-out for today's conversation simple. and our outlook for, for next week? For next week, simple. So if you look at our very last slide, I'm not sure how many of you can, but you see that the organization now becomes a brand and you see employee satisfaction, you see employee attraction, you see retention, you see employee commitment, all the way straight up to the bottom line profitability and even customer loyalty. That is the goal of the topics we are going to be treating in the next few days so that ultimately your staff are happy, your customers are happy. Remember, this is customer service week. Your number one customer is the staff, your talent. He does the outward one mm-hmm. and then it shows up in profitability. Your number one customer is your staff, your internal staff. This is such a, an exciting conversation. I wish we had a bit more time. But we're back on your radio same time next week. Again, Richmond will oblige us and share additional thoughts with us. This has been Masterclass on your Superstation. 